there's there's this move towards uh, privacy. There is uh, we're looking at a cookie-less future in the coming few years. Uh, one of our ISPs is that we work on public data. We work on aggregated, anonymized data. And uh, you know, as we actually move forward to that cookie-less world, uh, to a world where privacy is going to play more uh, more part. Uh, our data would would sort of become indispensable because of how it's structured. We do not have any PII information. We are GDPR compliant, so that you know that's that's a uh, that for us is a great opportunity. Hi, welcome to the Daily Tech Conversation, where we bring you insights from tech entrepreneurs, CXOs, and investors from around the world whose work has a bearing on India. I'm Hari Arakli. And today I bring you episode five from a set of conversations that stood out for me and you based on your listenership this year. In this episode, we go back to a conversation from August with Ankita Thakur, co-founder and chief data officer at GeoIQ. Ankita spoke about how her fascination with data brought out the idea that became her first successful startup. She also explained the connection between availability of rich location data and real-world business outcomes for customers, made easy through the APIs that GeoIQ offers, with all the heavy lifting happening in the back end. At the time of this conversation, Ankita was expecting to grow revenues fourfold over the coming quarters. Ankita, welcome to this podcast. Thank you so much for making time for this and uh, really looking forward to uh, this conversation. Uh, for our uh, general audience, maybe you could start with a brief background uh, about your company as well as uh, your work uh, leading up to uh, GeoIQ. Uh, then we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Ari, for having me over here. Uh, it's such a pleasure. So, um, you know, we started on GeoIQ in 2018 and uh, it's a it's a location intelligence product. So what we are building is essentially, uh, you know, data. We are building, we're democratizing data for the audiences. So what we've done is, uh, you know, we've collected a lot of data that's available in the public space, uh, and it made it available to data scientists, to analysts, to uh, to business people through uh, through our APIs. You know, it's it's it came out of the problems that Tushit and I, who are two of the co- two of the three co-founders, um, were facing. Um, you know, facing in our day-to-day lives as data scientists. Just a brief background about me. I started off uh, as an as an analyst at New Sigma back in 2011. Back then, data science was not a very hip word, uh, so to say. So you started off as uh, as analysts back then. I started off uh, building models for um, for retail for retailers in the US. Then from there and there on, I moved on to HSBC again. Working for the, uh, you know, for the North America retail banking unit of uh, HSBC. Uh, from there, it was a bit of a switch for me. So uh, I worked in consulting for a little while, uh, particularly again insurance in the US space. Uh, and then from there on uh, came the opportunity to work with OYO. And uh, OYO was such a, you know, drastic change in terms of how you were approaching data in those big organizations where everything was organized, where everything, you know, there were systems in place, there were models, there were legacy models that existed from 10, 12 years back, from like years and years back to uh, OYO, where where the company was growing every day, the data was growing uh, every day. So you were building data systems, you were building 
models uh, to solve uh, unique problems that were coming up. Uh, so while I was at OYO, I realized, and this was also, this was the first time that I was working, I mean, for an Indian-focused uh, organization where you're working with data for India rather than sort of serving the Western markets. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I realized was that, you know, particularly in the, uh, for, for Indian ecosystem, there's a dearth of data that sits beyond or beyond the company's databases. So all the decisioning that we were doing was primarily through the data that, uh, that we were collecting within organizations. Um, and the, the multiple problems that could have used this external data. So I'm just giving you an example uh, of that. When I'm building demand prediction models, you're basically trying to uh, sort of predict the demand uh, for hospitality industry, which gets impacted by events that are happening. So, you know, something like a <clears throat> auto expo that's happening in Noida uh, impacts my demand for uh, for rooms in Delhi, right? So that kind of data was sort of missing that, you know, there's an event that happens yearly, happens in this location. Uh, so, uh, I mean, there was multiple such problems that I was working with and similar problems that Tushit was sort of facing in his uh, in his day-to-day work. Uh, Tushit had had more experience working in the in the Indian sector. So he, he was, uh, uh, he'd been the head of analytics for a net tech startup before that. And then he was, uh, he was working as a freelance consultant for a lot of Indian organizations at that point in time. And uh, just one fine day, Dave uh, uh, Tushit and myself, so Dave is the third co-founder. We were, we were basically sitting in uh, discussing what can be done. And I was talking about these problems that is facing here at OYO and similar conversations coming in from Tushit. Uh, and that was sort of like the genesis wherein, you know, we we started looking at all of this data that's available uh, outside the company's database. And, you know, when you look at the data, it's it's so wide, it's so uh, spread across that tying it back is quite difficult. So location acts as a great binding factor for, for that data, you know, and that's how we actually sort of started collecting this data and building GeoIQ. What got you thinking about becoming an entrepreneur? Um, I mean, if you see my trajectory, I've, I've actually gone from bigger organizations to smaller and smaller and smaller. So uh, I think with time, uh, it was something that there was there was always that urge to build something of your own. Uh, right. And I had experimented with a few problems before this as well. Uh, at nice. one point in time, I was trying to basically sort of solve the uh, the sizing problem uh, for apparel. Because that's that's something that that you know, uh, uh, with the advent of e-commerce, it's something that 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 was a problem that I faced in day-to-day life. So right. yeah. So uh, but yeah, I think at that point in time, it was uh, too soon. I had little knowledge, but yeah. So the urge was always there. I think what was missing was the experience and the uh, the right idea. Mm-hmm. So and the specific interest in data and analytics, I guess that happened because of. Uh, the multiple assignments you had with different companies where you were, I guess, on a daily basis, you were dealing with data and analyzing it and trying to surface useful information. Yeah, um, I have always, I mean, um, I've always been fascinated with data. I think the first time, so for me, the first the first instance when I, I built the first regression model, Mm-hmm. I was, and I mean, I was fresh out of college. The exposure at that time to sort of analytics and the kind of data that's available was quite limited. So for me, my first exposure was in that organization when I was building that. 
and uh, you know when i i built that first model to actually predict the sales of umbrella and seeing how um, how the placement of those uh, a change in the placement of uh, umbrellas from the first rack to the third rack impacted sales was uh, i mean that that was that that eureka moment for me that oh this is something that i want to do yeah i had always heard about uh... this example of uh, diapers next to beer bottles or something and so <laughs> so this umbrella thing is also something new and interesting all right uh, so let's talk a bit more about geoiq itself uh, tell us about uh, the first commercial product you all released what was it uh, that customers could do with it uh, when was it i think initially when we started off we were you know we had uh, so we had already started working on sort of collating this data right so we started looking at data uh, particularly the government sources of data uh, public sources of data and a large chunk of that was the government sources so when you look at a source like census you get a lot of information so you have a 400 plus attributes that you get just from the census data and at a quite high granularity but people were unable to use it so we started we built we started building the repository and initially to shape up the product we were essentially working with the clients uh, with our early uh, clients and sort of trying to serve those uh, one of the first problems that we solved was actually uh, optimizing delivery uh, delivery locations for a meat startup so how do you sort of uh, you know when, when they were expanding to a new city what should have been there uh, how do they optimally open just the correct number of warehouses to be able to address 80% of their target market and with it with a sizable incremental revenue per per warehouse location uh, so that was the first solution that we built the first product that we built were, came with the advent of covid for us so i mean that was when we uh, it was a big change uh, and uh, the first few weeks Uh, that was when we started building our containment zone apis so there was a lot of data that was being released by the government in terms of you know where containment zones are and businesses needed those in that information where to send their delivery guys from where do they call their employees to work um, so um, i mean that was when we built our first uh, data apis and then uh, i mean that was also when we started opening up our data as data apis and that was the first product that we released so that happened uh, somewhere around april may of 2020 all right uh, so today from that point onwards when when you first released your commercial product uh, give us a sense of what geoiq has evolved into today all right um uh, sure so uh, i mean we started off uh, you know releasing started off opening up our data apis then uh, i mean one of the biggest things with data is particularly when you when uh, you start using this external data in your existing models or in your existing decision making processes there's always a chicken and egg problem right so how do you know whether the data is going to add value to your problem or not and if you don't know do you want to spend that much time on it or not so what we um, so initially there was a uh so what we've actually done is we've built a no code ml platform uh as well on top of our database uh it's a very simple platform that's meant to enable uh, you know business users data scientists analysts to see if the data is adding value or not so all you need to do is have uh you know have a problem statement have some addresses or lat longs and and a problem that you're trying to solve so a target variable so to say and you upload it over there and then you essentially start seeing 
what attributes are adding value for you. So, for example, you know, when somebody's uh, trying to look for, um, for example, a risk prediction uh, use case, right? So, when you're trying to predict the risk of return of an uh, of a delivery item, uh, you basically just sort of see uh, what kind of attributes are able to predict that risk better. So, sometimes for a certain kind of products, that would be the distance to the nearest bus station or the distance to a nearest school. So these kind of attributes help, uh, uh, you know, sort of predict that. So the no-code ML platform is something that we built on top of it. And today uh, we've got 30 plus customers using our data in different uh, use cases. The biggest industry that we're working with for us is the fintech industry. So the risk models, credit risk assessment models, uh, fraud prediction model. Uh, then we have, uh, I mean, it's being used in the e-commerce space for to predict return to origin, which again is a big problem. Uh, then there are other uh, other organizations which are using just to sort of understand their customers better. So building, uh, so we have our uh, we have GIQ's affluence index, which is an indicator of the kind of affluence that the uh, you know that that location has. Uh, and uh, so these are broadly the kind of use cases where this data is being used today. Yeah, it's just truly fascinating. I mean, I saw on your website, I mean, from the Pyramals to Paytm, your customer roster is like amazing. And so just uh, kind of, you know, help us understand this a little bit more in sort of layman's terms. I mean, broadly, I get the point that yeah. if you have data about, uh, you know, where someone is uh, visiting or even living and, and you have some, uh, I guess, markers of how affluent that area is in general, it, it would help uh, companies like banks and others. Uh, but sort of take us to the you know underlying tech a little bit. Uh, I know it could be quite technical, but try and explain it to us in simple ways uh, how uh, your tech connects all this rich location data to uh, your customers getting the be you know best end customers. Uh, sure, absolutely. So uh, essentially, what we've done in the background is we've broken down India into these uh, into these very granular grids. So hundred meter by hundred meter grids. We've got uh, you know three hundred million plus such uh, locational grids, and we have over three thousand attributes for each of these uh, uh, locations. So these attributes range from the demographic profile of that particular location to to the kind of socioeconomic activity that's happening over there to the uh, commercial activity that's happening uh, for that particular location. So we've got attributes such as, you know, what's the population over there? What's the uh, income levels of the people? Do you have a stationary store there or not? Those kind of attributes, the, the kind of uh, roads that exist in that area. To build this data, uh, to build this database, what we've done is we've collected data from 600 plus different sources. Uh, these sources range from government sources to public listings to satellite imagery to uh, and also surveys that we do. And then we have our data partners as well. So essentially, the data that uh, I mean, we, we collect this data, we clean this data. I was talking about census data, right? So census data comes at uh, at village level and ward level granularity, but you don't really know where a ward is or what's exactly the boundary of a village. So we've built those in the backend. We've assigned, we basically, you know, geotagged each uh, data point. 
Uh, and once this data essentially goes into our database, uh, we built algorithms on top of it to bring attributes that are understandable and are more insightful for businesses. So, uh, I mean, just again, uh, so to give you an example, satellite imagery, there's there's a lot of information that's available on in a satellite imagery, but in, but in the end, it's an image. What we've done on top of it is we build our algorithms to actually extract you know, what's the building density in a particular area? Or what's the green cover in that area? Uh, we use indicators such as nightlight imagery uh, to understand the, spe- the spread of population in that area. So, uh, and then we basically, so the indicators that we get from satellite imagery, we use it along with other indicators from uh, from our surveys, from uh, sensors, from other reports to bring uh, attributes that are more current, uh, more relevant. And then once this data gets created, we uh, we validate this data to ensure the accuracy and recency of it. Okay, uh, let's pick up on this point. Uh, talk about uh, interesting future use cases that you all are working on. I mean, I guess if some of this might be competitive and confidential, uh, I understand that, but maybe you could give us a broad sense of the kind of future use cases that you know, people may not have thought about today. So our, our current focus had been primarily in the fintech space uh, because, you know, there's a there's a lot of decision making that's happening, uh, particularly in a country like India, where you have a large chunk of population that's underserved in terms of the credit. Alternative data plays a, plays a lot of value in, in making the right credit decisions for, for that population. So fintech again is something where where we are, uh, where we are quite focused uh, you know reaching out it's an industry where we are where we're putting in a lot of effort uh, apart from that uh, retail again is a use case where it's quite interesting and uh, so there's there's obviously the site selection process which is a very location oriented uh, you know decision that that needs to be made but then there are other aspects of uh, within a store decision that that we can drive from our data so that's again something that we are working on right now we'll see how that pans out so give us a uh, overall snapshot uh, of uh, GIQ where you are today in terms of uh, number of customers uh, the number of people that you touch uh, every day i mean i don't know if this makes sense i mean i'm thinking in terms of end consumers we probably you know through your customers now you're touching millions of end consumers uh, the way you're growing, uh, you're uh, funding uh, uh, top investors. So give us that overall picture. Our team currently is around 20 plus people. We're primarily in Bangalore, most of us. In terms of the customers, we're currently working with a clientele of 30 plus customers uh, across the fintech, insurtech and uh, retail space uh, within India. Um, in terms of uh, the kind of decisions that are being uh, made using our uh, our API, so we are seeing uh, you know we're seeing uh, millions of hits every month uh, for various decisions that are happening through our data APIs. Um, and apart from that, in terms of funding, uh, we closed our pre-series a round a couple of months back, which was led by Lenscart. Previously, we raised funds, so a seed round was done by Nanyunicorns, IPV, or uh, WeCats. And then we also have a few uh, uh, angel investors uh, uh, who are, uh, who've invested in the organization. Pre-series A, uh, like three years down the line. Uh, so I'm thinking that you guys uh, were actually doing pretty well on your own uh, until then. So how are you doing on, all, on your growth front? 
so uh, i mean you're right uh, we were i mean we are uh, profitable particularly in the india market uh, we are also expanding uh, i mean we're looking at a us expansion uh, in the coming in the coming months you know the, the funds that we've raised uh, part of it would actually be to sort of expand geographically uh, beyond the india market in terms of uh, growth we've seen we've seen phenomenal growth in the last one year uh, uh, one year and again we're targeting you know growth of forex uh, in the next couple of quarters so so what is uh, helping you all uh, grow like this i mean now everyone's talking about uh, recession and uh, slowdown and funding freeze and what not uh, but in your case it looks like your customers really find your technology very useful so they're paying for it so give us a sense of what's at the heart of what is helping you grow sure uh, so uh, i mean from my perspective i, I believe that there's this uh, there has been a shift in terms of uh, you know as you rightly mentioned right that uh, because of this because of the downturn there's been this shift more in terms you know you're you're not looking at valuations as much as you're looking at building uh, a business that's that's sustainable the focus is on monetization the focus is on you know building robust uh, robust businesses and that is where data comes in uh, data comes in right you you want to take uh, better decisions you want to have uh, more robust decisions so to say and the data adds in a lot of value in terms of uh, being able to help you decide data plays a crucial role in building uh, in those decisions and we are enabling that our data again so just sort of citing a few examples uh, particularly in the fintech space uh, a client see a, a reduction in 10 per, in 10% npas the non performing assets because of the additional value that our data is adding in their models in the retail space there's a 40% improvement in their success in the store success rate which again is a is a good metric to have so that way uh, i think i think we are in the right uh, we are in the right place we are enabling better decisions and better decisions need better data so i think that's that's at the heart of it if i were to kind of flip the question another way and if you i know you've been talking about it in different uh, ways throughout this conversation but if you were to distill all of those points wh- what would you say is sort of the biggest problem you're solving for your customers from a data scientist perspective uh, right essentially good models need good data there's there's only so much value that uh, that you know a very advanced model can add uh if you do not have the right uh, set of attributes we are enabling that by bringing in uh, by bringing in this data that's very easily accessible one of the i mean one of our usps is that it's a it's a very simple uh, to use api so all you need to do is pass in a lat long or an address you don't need to do any processing on top of it uh, our algorithms take care of uh, everything in the back end uh, so you pass in that address or the lat long and you get this set of attributes that that are important for you or you get a custom score that uh, helps you take that better decision and uh, this data again is uh, you know sort of increasing the accuracy of those decisions okay i i i did ask you about future use cases uh, again sort of just another uh, way of probably tweaking that question uh, at a at a broad level and uh, for you both in terms of your product and in terms of the end outcomes that your customers are looking for uh, what would you say is your biggest opportunity 
in in the coming quarters and years sure absolutely um, as as businesses are looking to build robust uh business models as they're looking to uh, as the focus shifts on monetization uh there is uh, there would there is a big need to sort of uh you know take decisions that help them grow in areas uh where where that profitability that aspect of profit profitability or the losses is quite low and that is where this additional data adds in a lot of value and uh, i i see that as a great opportunity again there's a Uh, you know that the shift is going to be from growth to monetization which again sort of see uh, just looking forward software i believe will slowly become inexpensive and it is data that that's the new oil that's where that's where there's a dearth of quality data and and as organizations build move towards building more robust business models uh move towards taking those data led decisions Uh, I think that's a great opportunity for us. I think one of the things that I'd like to highlight over there is, um, you know, there's there's this move towards uh, privacy. There is uh, we're looking at a cookie-less future in the coming few years. Uh, one of our ISPs is that we work on public data. We work on aggregated, anonymized data, and uh, you know, as we actually move forward to that cookie-less world, uh, to a world where privacy is going to play more uh, more part. uh our data would would sort of become indispensable because of how it's structured we do not have any pii information we are gdpr compliant so that you know that's that's a uh, that for us is a great opportunity yeah that's a really interesting insight software becoming a little bit commoditized but really good data and models that can deal with them that's i guess where the ip and that's where the the higher yeah. margin work is Okay, one more sort of standard question. Looking ahead, uh, what would you say are your biggest challenges? I think generally, one of the challenges that comes when you're working in the data space uh, is 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 the resistance towards sharing data. And I think we're working on making that um, so. Particularly, you know, when you're building models, etc., there is there's some data share uh, sharing that has to take place. uh and uh that's that's one place where where we feel that there is a i mean that there is a resistance and there is a lack of so there's there's some uh you know sort of exposure that's required towards uh, solving that and i believe with our no code ml platform we are enabling that uh but again i, I do see that uh, as something that we need to solve for going forward okay Uh, over the next twelve to eighteen months, um, what would you? What does your sort of product roadmap and your business roadmap looks like? I mean, I think the business aspect you've talked about is expanding to the US. Uh, okay. But maybe if you want to add any details in terms of sectors and so on, uh, and also tell us about uh, the product roadmap over the next twelve to eighteen months. Sure. So um, currently, uh, so as I mentioned, right, uh, while we're location intelligence platform, the data actually expands. through various sectors right so location uh, acts like a, act, location is a uh, is a great binding factor for these various kinds of data sets uh, in terms of uh, the vision that we have we took uh, i think what we what we're looking at is being that uh, de facto external data uh, provider that adds in that value uh, 
in terms of the product expansion what we are what we are focused towards is building products that helps discovery uh, that makes discovery of this data much easier uh, and that's again somewhere we, uh, that's a that's where we are focused in terms of uh, how do we make this data discovery process uh, more more easier right to that point where you know you do not have to wait for a data analyst or um, or a real scientist coming in to sort of draw that insights that somebody from the ops team somebody from the uh, you know from the expansion team could just sort of discover the data that that's adding value and take decisions based on that as we we look into it excellent uh, ankita very nice uh, yeah first update for me uh, from joiq thank you again for making time for this definitely hope to keep the conversation going thank you ari it was such a pleasure talking to you uh, looking forward to connecting with you in the future as well that's it for this conversation you can find all our podcasts at forbesindia.com and on your favorite podcast apps i'm hari arakali thank you for listening